Okay, so this session, confrontation, the need for feedback, this is what we covered last week, minus a bunch of information. Ah, blue waves, moving mountains. Here we go. Foundation stone number seven, the need for feedback. In every kind of relationship, wherever there are people, like in this room, various types of conflict are bound to arise. Unresolved conflict rapidly erodes safety and connection in relationships. People who avoid confrontation end up with unhealthy, low-trust, fragile relationships. Fragile relationships. Healthy confrontation approaches relational conflicts as medicine approaches injury and illness. Preventing conflict is our first priority. Proactive plan to confront and resolve conflict when it arises. Believe it or not, I did chop a paragraph out of that. Core value that we want to see instilled in our lives. People of honor are prepared to confront behavior that threatens the health of relational connections. Anytime we feel the, the red light starts to flash, we're like, uh-oh, meep, 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 meep. There's a threat against our relationship here. That's when we should have a desire to resolve it through healthy communication. Foundation stone number eight, of value for feedback. I couldn't chop anything out of this, as you can see. But I'm going to read quick, and we're almost right to where we need to resume here. So cultivating the skill of giving and receiving feedback is one of the most important keys to preventing relational conflict. If strengthening and preserving healthy relational connections is our first priority, then we must courageously pursue awareness of how the people around us are experiencing us. Mm, meditate on that for a minute. We need to be aware of how, how our attitude, how our stuff that we bring into the room, how it affects those around us. If I had a crummy day at work, am I going to just like make you think I'm mad at you when I'm just mad at my boss? You ever had people do that? You're like, why are you mad at me? And I'm just having a bad day. I'm like, well, geez, thanks. Thanks that you don't, you know. But thinks that it has to control you so much that you make me think I'm in your bad list. So anyway, we must be aware of how people are, are around us are experiencing us. So we're almost at the end of that first paragraph. We all need feedback that affirms what we are, what we are doing well and identifies areas where we can grow and improve. There you go. Feedback that affirms when we're doing well and identify areas where we could grow or improve. I don't like using the words constructive criticism. I feel like any type of criticism is criticism. But I think that healthy feedback, I think that's good. When it's sandwiched, as we'll, we've learned last week, and we're going to recap it again today, we sandwich it in with positive feedback. We honor the people around us when we allow them to speak into our lives. And they honor us when they give us feedback that will enable us to happen. I'm going to happen <laughs> more effectively in our lives and relationships. All honoring feedback, especially correction. Here we go. Sometimes it comes down to that, correction. Sorry, John, I'm going to have to have a chat with you at the end of the meeting. So. <laughs> that scripture that you're always twisting in front of everyone, <laughs> it's heresy. 
he knows I'm kidding with him. So especially correction. So all feedback, especially correction, must be grounded in the Father's heart that enables us to see one another even as we make messes as beloved sons or daughter, daughters, daughters, sons or daughters who are destined and called to look like Jesus. Good stuff. You guys doing okay so far? You need to go pour, make some tea? There's caffeinated tea over there if you need it. You're good. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I'm just checking in. It's a small enough group tonight I can just, you know. Are you yawning because you're tired or you're bored? No, I'm, just, I'm, I'm kidding. Hey. All right, core value. Didn't want Barbara alone and me pointing something out. So. My dad's like, oh, just keep moving. Okay, just keep moving. Core value. As people of honor, we, are, we highly value giving and receiving feedback. This is the goal, that we would learn to highly value giving and receiving feedback, to create awareness of how others are experiencing us and we are experiencing them. Foundation stone number nine, a safe place. The goal of exchanging feedback is to give one another information about how we are affecting each other in order to strengthen our relational con connections. I can't feel like I can't talk tonight. This exchange of truth will only be successful in a safe place. Not from the microphone to all of you, but when we go aside to a quiet spot someplace, and then we can talk about the things that are really bugging us about each other. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not bugging, but, you know, just as an example. Here are some crucial guidelines for how to give and receive feedback that is safe, respectful, and truthful. So we did cover this last week, too. So I'm going to try to get through this quickly, and then we'll, we'll know where we left off in a second. When giving feedback, so when you're giving people feedback, understand that it's your responsibility to give the other person good information about what's going on inside of you. When you say that, it makes me think this, or I feel like this. Help me understand. Do not expect the person to read your mind, okay? We're not psychics. Okay? We don't dabble in that stuff. That's witchcraft. Address how you are experiencing the person's behavior, not what you think about their motives or character. I think you're just trying to sabotage me. No, that's not what we do. Your behavior makes me feel like you don't like me or like you hate me or something. Use hero sandwiches. Send twice as much positive feedback. Send twice as much positive feedback as constructive feedback. I got to catch these typos. Um, I use iMessages for the iPhone Apple users in the room. Now, you can use an iMessage if you have a Samsung. Or use iMessages to communicate the truth about your thoughts, feelings, and needs. The basic structure of an iMessage is this. When this happened, I felt, and I need to feel blank. And then trust the other person to care enough about your feelings and needs and be willing to adjust to protect your connections. So the Ben Shapiro quote does not work in this situation. Facts don't care about your feelings. We, we need to care. We need to care about each other's feelings and help each other understand why you're feeling in certain ways. And what, what am I saying? How am I saying this? to make you feel insulted or not valued. Does that make sense? 
I've heard it said this, that um, between men and women, men have blue hearing aids, women have pink hearing aids. We, it comes through and we hear something else that's not like 100% for, per sex, but boys look up sex. <laughs> but women, women as a majority process information that they hear through a different ear than men. In a relationship between couples, husbands are more concerned about feeling honored and wives need to feel loved. The scripture says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Wives, honor your husbands. I like love, but when I feel like I'm being totally disrespected and dishonored, it makes me feel like I'm not valued. Anyway, okay, here we go. What do we, what do we cover here? Understand. Oh, use reflective listening in order to gain understanding. Let me see if I'm understanding what you're saying. Let me repeat back to you what you're telling me. So I'm make, I want to make sure I'm hearing you, making sense, that I'm not creating my own definition of what you're saying. I, I want to know really what you mean. Listen to identify the need the other person is trying to express to you. Identifying the need will allow you to create a strategy for adjusting to meet that need and strengthen or heal the relationship. This is good stuff. I think it's good. So that's where we left off. How do I know that? Because right there it says where we left off last week. Okay, we don't have a whole lot more to go. And once we get this knocked out tonight, we're going to have some chocolate cake with chocolate mousse in the middle and some vanilla ice cream. If Tammy can scoop it up because she forgot her ice cream scoop. We have a giant spoon, don't we? Okay. So core value. Core value. Don't embarrass your wife in front of people. Oh, wait, that's not what it says. Core value. People of honor create a safe place to give and receive feedback. So we always want to make sure if we're going to give and receive feedback from one another, let's make sure it's a, it's a safe space to do it. Let's don't do it when we're surrounded by noise and people and, and make it really awkward. Right? I mean, I, I, am I the only one that's ever been in that kind of situation? Okay. Great. <laughs> Great, thanks. <laughs> Foundation stone number 10, adjusting. I love that word, don't you? Adjusting. Before you start reading that stuff, actually, Tammy or, or someone in the room is going to read some scriptures for me, so get ready to raise your hand when I say who wants to read. Um, but adjustment. There was this quote from uh, an apostolic leader in our lives years ago, and it, it was this. He said, most people are one or two adjustments away from becoming very effective leaders. One or two adjustments. So what does that mean if I never allow anyone to give me feedback? If no one is ever, if, I'm, if I wall off the moment someone says, I love what you said, but you, know, you might want to just work on this one thing. But, but you know, they sandwich it with the love and honor and stuff. But they want to get that that little thing in there that I need to hear. Just think about it. One or two adjustments away from becoming very effective leaders. All right, who's going to read a scripture? Sam, 
Get along among yourselves, each of you doing your part. Be patient with each person, attentive to individual needs. And be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, you don't snap at each other. Look for the best in each other and always do your best to bring it out. 1 Thessalonians 5, 13 and 15. Okay. Exposing your needs in a relationship and adjusting to meet the other person's needs are both expressions of honor. Our core value for people and relationships must include the willingness to adjust to people who may have very different needs than we do. That's good stuff. You notice how, I know it's the message translation, but it's still an authorized translation of the Word of God, even though some of the language isn't like straight translated from the Greek or Hebrew. It says, be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, it doesn't say that you should never get on each other's nerves. You're going to get on my nerves, and I'm going to get on yours. It's going to happen. You're going to have an off day, or I'm going to have an off day, or I'm going to be sarcastic and trying to be funny, and you're going to be sensitive and tired, and you're not going to understand I'm just playing around, and I'm going to get on your nerves. And then you're going to get on my nerves when you start crying, and I'm like, toughen up a little. I'm only playing. What did you say? Cry, baby. See, yes, guys can be really insensitive. Better learn sensitivity. I'm looking at you. Everybody stretch out your hand to Judah. God, give him a sensitive heart. Okay, here we go. Here we go. So we're going to take a deeper look into iMessages. No, this is not a plug to buy Apple products. Okay, the iMessage is specifically designed to identify what a person is needing to experience in a relationship. I want to identify what you need to experience in our relationship. Here are some examples of iMessages. When you asked me to do that for you, but didn't explain how to do it, I felt anxious and frustrated. I want to help, but I need good information and clarity so I can be successful. Another addition to that would be, in my mind, when you asked me to do that, you didn't give me the opportunity to ask and clarify exactly how to do it. Second one, when you are consistently late for our appointments, I feel disrespected and devalued. I need to feel more value from you in our relationship. If you set up an appointment to have coffee or dinner with somebody, and you've done it multiple times, and every time it's like, you know, they just 15 minutes late, and you're like on a tight schedule. Thank God most of us, I think, are pretty flexible, but I could imagine some situations. It, it, is, it is a way to show that you value and honor the person's time. I feel scared when you speak to me in a raised voice. <laughs> I've had it happen to me. I feel scared when you speak to me in a raised voice. I want to hear what you have to say, but I need, I, I need, I need you to be able to feel safe. No, I need to be able to feel safe with you to do that. I asked a pastor one time, you do believe that Jesus is coming again, right? What do you mean? What are you talking about? Of course I believe. 
Okay, well, I mean, if you don't believe in the rapture, I just needed to clarify this. Some people don't believe in the rapture. They don't believe in a rapture and then a thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth after a seven-year tribulation. Anyway, but that was when I was getting new to the belief systems of other leaders in the body of Christ, especially in our type of stream. Many don't believe in the pre-trib rapture explanation of the end times. I didn't know it was, a, it was an option. I thought everyone believed it. When you grow up in the Foursquare Church, that's what we all teach and believe. So you didn't know there were other versions. Okay, so here we go. Those are some good examples of vibe messages. Is it kind of stirring your minds a little bit to situations, things? Hope. Learning to use the iMessage will help you gain greater skill and discernment both in communicating and listening for vital information about what's going on inside you and others. Once the need has been clearly identified, then you can make a plan for how to adjust. So examine your foundation. Do you communicate what you need in relationships? What we've been discussing, I, I think this is awesome. I think it'd be like for marriage counseling even. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, for a relationship yeah, between others, but it, it, I think a lot of marriages would be saved. <laughs> yeah, this, these tools will help any believer to become more fruitful and have stronger, healthier relationships, whether it's with spouse or between your, you and your children, you and your coworkers. It's, it's just really like Danny Silk has it down when it comes to counseling and, and he has a, a real gift on his life. I've said before, we used his tools from his Keep Your Love On curriculum to help a, a couple get restored who were, I mean, they were ready to part ways. She's gonna take the kids she had a bank account set up and everything. It was, it was going to happen. But they, they were willing to give it one last try. Just one, one try by sitting in our living room and just allowing us to, just to, to talk together. I can actually talk about it now without getting emotional, but before it was, I mean, it just, it amazed me how God moved in that. So, second question. What are some needs that have been difficult for you to communicate? Has someone expressed a need in your relationship that you don't easily relate to? This whole thing, 
this whole way of communicating with iMessages and hero sandwiches, that, well, that was one of the tools. Okay. That could be foreign to many people in a way to where they're not comfortable. They're like, I don't. Just figure it out. Do what I tell you. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't have patience for this. This type of communication and, and, and um, connection or relationship strengthening requires patience. It's purposeful. And in a church culture that we are establishing where we, we grab hold of this thing called honor, it's vital for us to, to take hold of these tools and, and do our best with them. Just all we can do is do our best. We're going to make messes, and then we're going to have opportunities to, to fix our messes. I'm going to make messes. I'm going to do something that I didn't intend to hurt you with. I don't mean to hurt thee. As I pull back the bone. <laughs> Greg used to say something like that. That was so funny. Anyway. You guys good? So quiet tonight. Are you guys tired? Are you bored? Throw an amen or something. Okay. Here we go. Were you willing to adjust to the other person? So has someone expressed a need in your relationship that you don't easily relate to, and were you willing to adjust to the other person? All right. So our core value. People of honor care about meeting the needs of the other person in the relationship and will adjust in order to do so. Right, right. We can't, We're not gonna we can't make everyone happy. We can't make everyone in life happy, right? Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> our goal in life, our call in life from the Lord is not to make everyone happy. We're not people pleasers. But when we value our relationships between each other, we, we want to we wanna prefer one another in a way where we're, sh we're showing that we've, I value you and I, I want to know what makes your heart tick. I want to know what it is that you need to be thriving in a relationship and in this type of community that we're establishing. Does that make sense? If, if nobody cares about the other person, then it's gonna, it will be like a revolving door. We've had someone prophesy that years ago. That I see the church like a revolving door, people coming in and going out. Now, Teresa did prophesy that she saw many coming in and many going out, but the going out wasn't because they got tired of being here and bored they, and just they left because there's something better. There's greener pasture over there in Belfair at Sozo Church. Heard some good stuff about Sozo Church, too. I mean, I'd be tempted. But anyway, Tammy's like, why are you saying that? I'm just saying, you know, there, there, are, there are bigger, fancier, more well-polished churches with a lot of good stuff happening. And you have to know where God has called you. And so as a, as a church, we, we don't believe that God has called us to be a revolving door of people coming and going because they get bored. We, we believe that people will come and they will get sent out into their sphere of influence, their, their, where they live, their community, their, their apartment complex, their relational connections, their workplace, their, so you guys understand what I'm talking about. We don't just stay tucked in here, and this is the only place where we experience our Christianity, but we take it outside. We, we are sending 
we want to send our people out. And some sending out possibly on a permanent journey if they move and, and are going out. So it happens. I'm moving you on. Okay. All right. Confrontation. Cultural. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Cultural effects. Confrontation. People grow increasingly powerful, courageous, self-controlled, and responsible as they protect the quality of their lives and relationships. That's what we want. We want people to be powerful. People feel accepted, loved, known, and understood, and overcome past wounds and deficits as they work through conflict toward understanding and greater connection. That should be the result of confrontation. Yes. Growing and feeling. Yeah, I'm not going to repeat everything she just read, but we want to increasingly grow in becoming powerful people and honoring and respecting each other. Okay. Feedback. Conflict is minimal because good feedback has taught people how to appreciate and adjust to one another. Every single person gets and gives feedback on a regular basis. And then safe place. People are freed from issues because they don't have to hide their deepest fears and hurts. Relationships are strengthened as people experience being heard and valued. So a safe place is not necessarily just like where we have our conversations, but we actually want our relationship to be a safe place. So I, I don't want, in our experience here in relationships at this, in this house, I, don't, I'm, I am hopeful that people don't feel unsafe with each other, so they just go the opposite directions. I don't feel safe around that person because... Anytime I get close to them, they just stomp all over me and they're rude. You know? That is an opportunity to give and receive feedback. I want, I, I, I want for myself that anyone in this place who engages in, in a, com, a conversation and a relational connection with me feel like they're coming to a safe person. Like I'm not going to jump on your case or, you know, you know what I mean? As a leader in the church, I don't want to be that kind of leader that is short and not caring. And part of being a safe place, too, is... Um, <laughs> Thank you. Confidentiality. That's the word. Ha! It came to me finally. Yes. So confidentiality creates a safe place because people know when they come to you and they've had a conversation with you that you're not going to go to someone else and be like, guess who? We just had a conversation. We had to hash this out. Like, there's obviously going to be times when you have to bring someone into that. But really, for Scott and I, like, that is a huge thing for us is not going and and doing that, so is having whatever that word was. Confidential. Just say it with me. It's like SpongeBob with imagination. Just imagine confidentiality. People need to feel 
people need to feel confident that when they are expressing their their they're, they're becoming vulnerable and transparent with you that you're not going to find all the things that are weak about them and then go talk about it to other people. Yeah, well, she told me that, you know, she struggles with. So you can all be rest assured if anyone ever had counseling with us, it would be confidential. We would not, that's just a high, high value for us. So, okay, do you want to do that last one? Last part. Cultural. All right. Cultural effects, meeting needs. Oh, well, that's Does close. Does anyone else want to read, by the way? I know. Does anyone else want to read? I'll share the mic. No, nobody? Okay. So relationships grow in intimacy and trust because they tangibly experience sacrificial love. Why am I hearing nothing over here? Okay. Individuals grow in their ability to love and to appreciate people who are different than they are. Yeah. Individuals grow in their ability. Do it again. Relationships grow in intimacy and trust because they tangibly experience sacrificial love. Individuals grow in their ability to love and to appreciate people who are different than they are. Okay. So reflect and discuss. Do you see these cultural effects in your relational environments? It's a little different, yeah. I was going to say, so at the conference, I was having a conversation um, with Amy and someone else, and we were talking, and Amy and I are like, there is nothing that, like, for our, our relationship, for our friendship, like, there's not anything we're ever going to allow to come in to, like, make that weak or to wedge in between there, like, um, we just are, we both were like, not that something was trying to, don't hear that, so it was just conversation like, oh, I hope, like, nothing would ever wedge in, and we both were like, nothing would ever wedge in into this friendship ever, like, we're like, we're, this is, like, we're going to protect this relationship till the day we die, like, <laughs> tell us why, I think, <clears throat> Probably. I'm sure we have. And I think because we have history, there's history there with our family going back over 20 years. And we've all gone through rough seasons, especially in the past. And yet we've always just held on to that relationship, even if, when they weren't even living in the same state. They were living in Texas or wherever. And wherever, <laughs> wherever, <laughs> and just always keeping that, that connection. I can, I can say for what Tammy is saying, what to us has been a tangible experience of sacrificial love, time together, time building together is a good example of that. And I'm just going to say, just put Barbara on the spot right now. Because of your sacrificial love towards us and this house, I, and I'll speak for Tammy because I think she would agree, I would, I would fight the enemy to the edge of the cliff yes, exactly. to, to keep our connection with you intact. Yes. Because 
because you have shown so much value through time itself, time itself. That's just one element of it. And you could look at the second thing. Individuals grow in their ability to love and appreciate people who are different than they are. It's not like we're the same. We don't have the same decorating style. Or, <laughs> I knew I could get a little bit of a laugh out of you. Or culinary tastes or whatever. You know, we have different styles, different personalities. But, but there's something deeper. We, and, and I'll say this with, with other relationships here, with, with Forrest and Amy and their kids. It has been, it, your mom and dad are different than us, you know? And that's, and that's a good thing. That, <laughs> that sounds bad. Thank God, no. No, it, it's a good thing that we're different, but yet we don't have to become identical to each other, cookie-cutter personalities, we don't have to be drawn to people that are exactly like us. But there's something deeper underneath. There's something in our root system. We're, we're nourishing ourselves on, on a, a historical timeline where the nutrients are filled with the unshakable kingdom. Like we've walked through shakable things. Even with, with you, we've watched this place change over the last two years, year and a half, almost two years now. You've watched, you can look at Christmas pictures from two years ago. It's all different people in this room. But, but, you've, but you've stayed through. You didn't allow that to become a question of, well, you know, if, if I don't like the way something is happening, I'm just going to get up and leave. Because you have, you have committed yourself sacrificially to go deep into this connection, this, this journey with us because you found something in it that you can believe in, that you can grab hold of. Am I right? So that is, to me, that's a good example of, of this whole thing that we're talking about here. So time does have, but it doesn't require a long time of being together. I mean, it's kind of like family. You know, you, you got your parents. You don't just uproot and abandon your parents because they told you their thoughts on something and you disagreed, so I'm not going to ever talk to them again. Yeah, no, there's something way deeper in the, in the garden, in the, in the soil bed of our relationship that holds us together where we can disagree. We can, we can even get a little tense in discussion and disagreements, and it doesn't have to turn into, well, I don't want anything to do with you anymore, you know? But how, how often have we seen that happen in relationships with people? If it don't go my way, it's the highway. Yeah. I hope you guys are doing okay with this. Is this all right? There's something really important about building history with God and history with each other. Like, I feel like God just totally blesses that whole thing. You sure no one wants to read some of this? You're tired of getting No, okay. <clears throat> so, study. No. Oh. So, study. <laughs> Study confrontation, Matthew 5:22 to 24. Feedback in Proverbs 1, 7 through 8. Safe place, Proverbs 11, 14 and 24, 6. Meeting needs, John 13, 3 through 10. And then pray. Ask God to heal you from any fear of confrontation. That's really, really, really important. 
Invite him to give you wisdom, courage, and grace to forgive offenses and to confront those that do need to be addressed. Yes, God, give us grace. Okay, pray the prayer of David inviting God's feedback in your life. Investigate my life. Wait, pray, pray the prayer of David inviting God's feedback in your life. Investigate my life, O oh God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on the road to eternal life. Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Ask God for grace to speak the truth in love and build greater trust and intimacy in your relationships and for his heart to care about and adjust to meet the needs of those he has placed in your life. So real quick, I was just listening to a podcast this evening about how parent, parents t being so open and talking with their kids about so many different things and how that builds, that actually is the very thing that builds trust with your children. There, an example was talking about your kids about sex. And this family, they were talking about sheltering your kids versus just covering your children. And how there's, they've talked about these things with their 11-year-old and their 13-year-old or something like that was somewhere in there. And these kids came and asked a question. I can't say what it is. So they, <laughs> they came and asked this question, and the dad was like, <laughs> oh, it was worse than that. So these kids came to them and said, ask this question. And the dad's like, huh? And so he proceeded to explain to them. And, but he realized in that moment that the kids didn't have to come to him. They could have went to their friends. They could have went to the internet. But yeah, they came to their dad and they listened. They, and then when he was done, they moved on to something else. But he's like, that showed me my kids trusted me enough to come to me and ask me these questions. Like, they didn't feel like they couldn't come to me. And so there's trust there with their kids. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's, I think it's great that when we do that with each other, when we talk, speak truth and love to each other, we're building that trust and intimacy. And I think, I know for, I was just thinking Amy, for Amy and I, we can talk to each other about so many different things and speak into each other's lives, but it's because we know that we have each other's backs and we care about each other. And so it's, I think this is, I love that. That's amazing to me. I'm gonna tell you all a funny story, but we're gonna get through the last slide. It's really funny. And it's, Tammy might get a little nervous in the beginning of it, but then she'll realize, I'll just tell you, you can take a big breath because it's not dirty, it's not sexual. It's funny. It's very, so here, let's, <clears throat> let's move on here. This is our last slide. So if you didn't know, that last previous slide was some notes. If you wanted to um, have some study material, if you need a screenshot of it, I can always pop it back up later. If you want something to study this week, in regard to relational connections. Um, so here's some things we can do. This is all kind of connected, so this is the do part. This is what we want to do. If you identified any area of your life where you feel you need better feedback, seek it out. Seek it out. Pay attention to the people in your life this week and look for occasions to give positive feedback. The encourager gift might be in the room ready to just to stir up and pour out on somebody. Give positive feedback to somebody. Here's a good one. Repent for any harsh, critical words that you have spoken. 
and apologize if necessary. I do this all the time. Not everyone's laughing. That's okay. I'm, I'm joking about myself here. Okay, so yeah, repent, Scott, for any harsh critical words that you've spoken and apologize if necessary. If you have any relational connection that feels distant or damaged, make a plan to strengthen your connection. Ask someone close to you this week, what do you need from me? What do you need from me? <laughs> no, it's, see, this is how text messages can get really sketchy because you can't read, emo you can't hear emotion in the text, right? So the question is, what do you need from me? How can I serve you? I know that sounds churchy. How can I better serve you? <laughs> Build the following into your life. People who are welcome to give you feedback every day. And also a habit of asking people around you, how are you experiencing me? I might ask a couple of you that tonight. How are you experiencing me? <laughs> Sounds kind of funny. This is, you know, I mean, he's a Jesus people movement Christian, so he got saved in like my early 70s. And I want to know, how are you experiencing me? Whoa. Do you have any feedback for me? So that's it for session three, confrontation part one. My funny story, Tammy, just hold your breath. This is my funny story. Okay, I was probably about, oh, I'll guess 12. I might have been 12. Dad, this has everything to do with you in this conversation. He might actually have a time travel that happens as I'm, as I'm telling this story. So back in the day, when I was a kid, you can laugh now because it's going to get really funny. Back in the day when I was a kid, you'd go into the men's restroom and there's these machines on the wall. They were condom machines. And I was so fascinated by this new discovery. I was like, what is this? What is this thing? Is it a balloon or what? So, you know, at one point I had popped a quarter in and I pulled one out. I was just a kid. I thought, what are we going to do with this thing? Not what it's meant for, that's for sure. So I remember... Being at home, watching TV, probably the Munsters or Leave it to Beaver or something like that. And I was laying back on my back in front of the TV, blowing this thing up. <laughs> and he comes into the room and he's like, Scott, where did you get that? <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember that? He does. And guess what I told him? Because I had just, I think I had just stayed over the night at a friend's house. And I, I made something up because I didn't want him to think I, I bought it out of a machine in the restroom. Not knowing this was a worse explanation, I said, I said, it was, I found it in the garbage can at my friend's house. <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you the true story. <laughs> we need to sozo you. <laughs> Yes. No way. Yes, you no. are. Yes. That was funny. No. Even Barbara just said that was funny. So I, I, can I get a witness? That was funny. Yeah, Isabel's nodding. Okay. Let's stand up, guys. Let's pray, and then we're going to eat some cake and ice cream, and then we're going to wish Judy, Judy a happy birthday. Judith, priest. Um, Not until you... Go lock that door, John. <laughs> All right. All seriousness, because we're in the Lord's presence. 
You can laugh. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for joy abounding in your spirit. We thank you for the joy of the Lord. We thank you for freedom. And uh, we just bless our church. We bless every person here. And we thank you, Lord, for our relationships together, that we get to walk together and work through differences together and become stronger and stronger and empowering one another. In Jesus' name, amen.